0: So awesome. Um, There's been testimonies of what's coming out of Cambodia that I can't wait for you guys to hear next weekend when my dad's back. Um, An amazing outpouring in this gathering in Cambodia, which is really cool. Um, But without further ado, I want to welcome Lou Engel up to the stage. And guys, would you stand and welcome him with me as he comes? Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, come on.
1: So, are we gonna do another song or something? Why not? Let's just do another song, Cody. Everybody, stand up. Do another song, a revival song. Hey Amen. Can we put the, some lights on out there uh, so I can see who I'm talking to? I'm really touched by, uh, uh, by, the twins. Really blesses me because I'm a twin. I got a twin sister who, whose husband, is the Calvary Chapel pastor, of Santa Maria. I think it's a double portion thing, a rolling down. In fact, John, I'm just so touched by your testimony. We're sharing the testimony. John wanted to be an engineer. Still does. Not really. But at an encounter 10 years ago, a whole pack of kids, his friends, just started getting saved. Probably all know the story. But most of us, some of us don't know the story. And uh, like 25 kids just got saved in a short period of time. And who knows how many of those got saved. And I felt, the Lord just, just to encourage you, John. First of all, I would love your heart, your reality, and um, and uh, I, I actually believe that you are a double portion of what your father saw in the Jesus movement, and what happened to you ten years ago was just a deposit to give you a thirst for something that would be beyond your imagination. And so I want you to stand with me. I want us to agree that this Pirate's Cove in Shell Beach would be like the Pirate's Cove during the Calvary Chapel movement. So Lord, we just declare the Central Coast is the womb of a Jesus movement. Lord, we've looked to the north, we've looked to the south, but they didn't know that there was a baby hidden in the womb and his name is Jesus. We say it's a birthing time in Santa Maria, St. Mary, babies, something's being born in these days in the Central Coast. and We believe it in Jesus' name, God. I said it the other day, the Central Coast will no longer hide in the shadows of Northern California and Southern California. In fact, When they talk about California, they never talk about Central California. But Central California will be known for the birthing of a fresh new Jesus movement. I don't say that because I'm here in the Central Coast. I've had dreams. I've said this. Dreams are like the spies that go into the promised land. And show you your future. You can believe them and it will keep you alive for a long time like Caleb. And you won't wander in the wilderness like everybody else because you've seen the promised land. Come on. This is really true. Dreams are like the spies. They show you your future at least in a glimpse and while everyone else is wilting in the wilderness, Caleb never wondered one moment. Why? It said Israel wondered in the wilderness, but Caleb didn't. Why? Because he was living in the promised land of his dreams. Yeah. This is how we live our lives. That's why it says, though the vision tarry, record the vision that those who read may, want, may run. How's that go? Though the vision tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. That is the most confusing scripture. <laughs> Though the vision, record the vision that those who read may run. In fact, right before that, it talks about the watchman. I think of what it says. Maybe I should get my Bible out. And then about the appointed time. That's another one, isn't it? Or is that the same one? You can sit down. I was reading it this morning. Got all happy. Don't even know where old Hab is. Let me just read this. I'll take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower, chapter 2. Look out to see what he will say to me. I feel there's a lot of older watchmen that saw the Jesus movement. They've been standing and they're out in that tower looking out to see what's coming. The Lord asked me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed." There is an appointed time for the fulfillment for every dream. And if you don't bail out and don't wander in the wilderness, or even if you did, another dream will come and bring you out of it. Still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. That's a powerful statement. It will not lie. A dream will not lie. A true dream from God will not wilt in the summer heat. It won't melt. A true dream from God actually holds you. In fact, it says in the Hebrews, Joseph had a dream. In the Hebrew, it says this, and the dream had Joseph. A true dream from God is more than you just had a dream. A true dream from God, the dream has you. In fact, someone said this, he says, he says, you don't, you don't chase your dream. Your dream chases you. In fact, your mission haunts you until you fulfill it. Well, that's a good word. You're, why? Because God encoded that mission in your heart. You can hardly stop following that vision. Because it's encoded in your heart, you can try to silence it. You can try to just shut it down but every now and then he'll come screaming up inside of you again. Who am I talking to? I see this whole place filled in this place and lines way down the road just trying to get here. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so he may read. He may run who reads it for the vision awaits his appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. What does it mean? Though the vision tarry for it, tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. God is a brilliant writer of novels. Every one of this is a novel of God. How many of you ever read a novel? You get into the novel, and you just don't get it. it, it, it it's so hard to understand, at least in older days, movies. I don't even understand all the Inception stuff, you know. Seems like every movie is like this anymore. Could you just keep it simple for this old dude? I'm always having to ask my kids to explain the movie after it's done. So interesting that God has a flair for drama. Let me say it. This novelist God has a flair for drama. You can go through your whole life just fully bored, but you just have no idea that just around the The bad guy shows up, and you kill him. And suddenly, you're the hero in the novel. Everybody wants to be a hero. Why? Because there's a hero who lives inside of you. His name is Christ, and he doesn't write bad novels. And he's got amazing, amazing chapters to come. I've said it a thousand times I think dreams are many times chapter titles of the next stage of your novel. And if you actually read the chapter title and understand the dream, you'll be willing to move into it. Though the visionary wait for it, it will surely come, it will not delay. What a stunning statement. Though it, how does it go? Though the visionary will surely come, it will not delay. This is God. God will give you a vision, and he'll give you a down payment right at the beginning. Any, how many of you just got saved? Wham! And you were caught up into whirlwinds of prophetic action. This is going to be like this the rest of my life. You're healing the sick, bam, prophesying. And then someone comes into your life wounds you deeply. You start screaming inside and suddenly the river runs dry and bitterness seeks to creep in. And you're going through a process of preparation to get to the fulfillment of the dream and you could actually shut it down by fr- refusing to believe that the dream still lives. And by getting bitter and not forgiving people or deciding to play it safe on the dream and let the other dreamers do their dreams. And I'm just going to be just one that just sits in my sofa and watches television, watch everybody else's dreams. But there are those who hold on because God will not fasten your soul to a dead end vision. I want to just shout that God is not cruel. You're going to have to pass some tests. And if you don't pass it, you'll get another turn. And another one. (laughs) And another one. Until you get it. Though the visionary wait for it, it will surely come. It will not delay. Bob Sorge says this. He says, every vision... Has a long, tearing period. But when it comes, it comes suddenly with such drama that it's an explosion. Oh my gosh, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouth with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Those who go forth weeping, carrying their seed will doubtless come again carrying their sheaves rejoicing. There comes times when the drama breaks in and it comes in suddenly. I believe we're headed to a suddenly. I believe we're headed into the greatest harvest field in, since the Jesus movement of the 70s. Your dad's John, your dad and your brother, you, Pat and Mark, Mike, they got saved in the Jesus movement. My twin sister and I got saved in the Jesus movement. She was far worse than me. She was kind of a hellion. <laughs> Don't tell her that I'm just, unless she watches the video here. But, but God converted her in the Jesus movement. Paul Barry got converted in the Calvary chapels and I think was baptized in Pirate's Cove. In those days, you could have said boo and people got saved. That's what it was like. Everywhere they're getting saved, folks. This is not a big church meeting where people are getting saved. They're getting saved in the streets. They're getting saved in the parks. The church services are in the firehouses. Folks, Jesus the evangelist showed up. In the 70s, he showed up. And I believe we're about ready to see Jesus, the evangelist, show up again. I'm on a journey. The Bible says here, record the vision that those who raid may want run. I came here with a vision of a black man, my pastor, come to Los Angeles. There's going to be a great revival because of it. Twelve of us came to Los Angeles, my wife, with me. No kids at the time. Now we got seven. They're just all getting awake. Five of them are missionaries. And my daughter, Christy, is my praying girl. And my 16-year-old, oh, God, oh, God. They say you never learn how to pray until you have a teenager. One of the most gifted young men. I know God's going to mightily use the young man. Hallelujah. Came out here, and I read a book. Many have heard the story. I read a book called Azusa Street by a man named Frank Bartleman, intercessor in the Azusa Street revival, eyewitness of that great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, I, he, uh, when we moved here, he, I lived in Pasadena. That's where he was praying in 1905, fasting so much they thought he would die. I feel like 2018 is to the, what, uh, 1905 to the 1906 revival is 2018 to the next one. It's about something of a great preparation and expectancy is building all over the nation for a jailbreak like we have never seen. There's something going on. So I read that book. The vision was recorded. I read it so I could run. And I found my name written in Frank Bartleman's scroll. Have you ever read someone's story and you felt like it was screaming your name? That's what happened to me. And in fact, it was screaming my name because I believe that Frank Bartleman knows me. I won't go into the weird story of my friend, but he actually had an encounter. Uh, Maybe I will tell this story. (laughs) I won't go into it. Fairly controversial. I read his book. It lit me on fire. I've said it a million times. I said it a million times. Moses had a burning bush, but I had a burning book. You read a book, you see a movie, and something lights the fires in your being. It's nothing less than Moses' burning bush. And if you pay attention to you, you'll find your name being called. And I did something with the burning fire. Some people have a burning book. And then they put it away, and they forget what they had listened or watched or saw. I read it so that I might run. This is 1984. I go into 18 days of fasting, and then the Holy Spirit just, just puts this burning fire in me. And I cry one night, God, give me the mantle of Frank Bartleman. I don't want to read about revival. I want to see revival God, I, I, I won't let you go until I get that mantle. Next day, brother, my Chris Berglund, my friend, prophet friend, of 34 years, walks up to me. He says, Lou, I had a dream of you last night. In this dream, I saw a big black book. The title said Revival. I turned the inside of the cover. I saw a guy's face, and his name was Frank Bartleman. And his face turned to your face. I know the title of the novel written about my life. It's called Revival. And I know my job description is a fasting, praying intercessor to bring it in. And I've come to this church at Equippers at a time that I believe the Central Coast is about ready to have another outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I believe I've come here to light your fires of expectancy that Jesus is going to break out here afresh. I said, God... You say, well, I wish I knew my title. Oh, you probably do. You've had dreams telling you who your DNA is and what your identity is, but you probably thought, maybe I shouldn't believe this. I want to say, believe your dreams and follow after them, even if Joseph's dreams lead you to the pit and to the prison. Hang on, and don't get bitter until the fullness of that full of that manifestation. And about a couple weeks later, I was in it. A... Sorry for all the people. Stories feel kind of bad for you, but never mind. Every time I tell the story, it more puts faith into my heart. I'm walking out a storyline, and so are you walking out a storyline. This woman comes to me, I'm in a women's aglow meeting, that's an all women's meeting with all these women aglow. I was a man, the only man in the meeting. I don't know why. I wasn't even preaching. I was just there. <laughs> I wasn't a glow. I must have been a glow. Cuz this African American waiting w- w- at the end of the meeting walks up and says, "You know in 1906 there was this black man praying with this guy named Frank B- black woman praying for this man na- n- named Frank Bartleman." She says, "I feel like I'm that black lady looking for my Bartleman." <laughs> uh, I said, "Lady, I got we we got to talk." Go to a church, sleeping bags all over the church. The women are spending seven days and seven nights interceding for promises given and prophecies by Demas Shakarian of the coming outpouring of the Holy Spirit. See, folks, this is what you do with your dreams. You don't just say, cool. No, you pray your dreams into being. You frame your future by praying the dreams. And maybe it's not a dream of the night, but it's something of an inward mission that you can't shake. It's something like a vision you saw, or you uh, uh, in a dream, or you heard something, or a prophecy was given to you, and it lit you up at least for a moment. It's time to take these candles and relight them again. It's time for another fulfillment of visions. Though they tarried, wait for them; they surely come. They will not delay. This is what happens. I got, I got my job description. I got a book right here. Man's actually here. Incredible Roger Sachs, written a book called Lonnie Frisbee. The power evangelist that launched both Calvary Chapel and the vineyard. Power. Three of them. Or the third one's on the way. Recently, we had dreams that there were that Lonnie Frisbee was walking on a beach. Come on, maybe Shell Beach. And he heard the Lord say he was a friend of the Holy Spirit. And then my friend had dreams that frisbees were flying all over the beaches of California. I want to just say, you could jump into a book like this, and I actually believe. There are a whole army of young men and women that don't even know, but the fire of evangelism is burning in their hearts. And you could read a book like this, and suddenly those bones make things rattle inside of you and bring forth callings like it happened to me with Bartleman. I feel like I've lived my whole life to intercede for a moment like this when Jesus the evangelist would show up again in America. Like this, the nameless, faceless generation, the face of Paul Kane, who had a vision of stadiums being filled. Come on of people getting saved days and days, stadiums all over America. The media would cover it and say, no bad news tonight, only good news. All the fields of America are filled, people getting saved, raised from the dead. Say, well, that could never happen. Well, it won't because you don't believe it. But I say, God, I'm going to believe the prophets and succeed, and I'm going to give myself to faith, intersection, and action to those kinds of things. It's time to break out of spiritual apathy. And a generation that wandered in the wilderness for this, since the 60s, it's time for a new breed to walk up and said, I'd rather face giants than die in the wilderness. Give us a double portion of the Calebs the folks like myself at 65. All I'm living for is a new generation and some old dudes as well. Because the Bible says your old dudes will dream dreams. Come on. Your old dudes will dream dreams. Why? Because dreams never die. Because God had a dream about your life before you were born, and he wrapped a body around that dream. Bodies die, but dreams don't. That's why you can fulfill your destiny in your last days. Listen, every one of us should know the book that God wrote about us before we are ever born. We need to know our job description in the earth. And some of us just live passively, but it's time to say, God, unveil the scroll of my life. God, unveil the scroll of my life. Father, I pray, give dreams right now. Give dreams all over this valley, all over this coast, old and young, of job descriptions from heaven. I want you to believe that. I want you to go to bed tonight. Over the next weeks, Lord, I am seeking your face. Some of you will begin to fast to make your life a landing strip for revelation. I've got to know I can't live for sex and sport and a little fulfillment here and there With no desire for significance, break out of it. God lives inside of you. And his spirit is prevailing over you to step out of the staid, somber and the calm. And step out into the river and find some joy afresh. Come, Holy Spirit. Invade families. Invade children. Moms and dads. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray. I've lived this whole journey for years. I found my scroll, and i got to speed up. I found my scroll. 1999, I was praying, how could I turn America back to God? I had been leading young people fasting and praying for, for years across America. And I'm praying, how could I turn America back to God? And a woman came said, you don't know who I am, but the Lord told me to pay your salary this year because you're going to start something with the youth of America in prayer that will change the destiny of the nation. I'm kind of freaking out, and I'm thinking, God, who are you, lady? But I I took her money. You guys, you've got to be a student of your scroll. The fact it's just already been written by God. But if you don't treat seriously the peak moments of your life, the moments of awe where God spoke something, if you just say, well, that was a cool thing. No, they were beacons pointing you on a journey that if you would dare follow it, it would mess your life up forever. But you would find Jesus the pioneer of your faith. God wants to break the Central Coast out of just enjoying its pleasure and wealth and become a prophet again. There are businessmen that if they just get their ear open, they'll sell everything to follow the kingdom. Maybe it's time for the rich young ruler of the central coast to sell it all and abandon himself to a voice rather than just a nice little common verse. That lady started paying my salary she's 94 years old can't do it anymore and i want to tell you it launched a movement she paid my salary 17 years she came to me three months later she said have you ever thought about putting kids in the mall like promise keepers put them in i said i prophesied it two years ago when i prophesied luke 1:17 that the kids are going to go to the mall and they will be a nazirite fasting and praying john the baptist generation I'm thinking, see, I'm not even at this time fully understanding my scroll, but I'm prophesying my scroll. Folks, you've got to prophesy your future. You've got to speak words that, that are the inclination of your heart rather than living in the silence of doubt. Live in the roar of faith. Proclaim your future. But, you know, sometimes I think, why am I telling all these things? Get people stirred up for nothing. I rebuked it. I said it last night to God. I said, I will keep prophesying because, you see, I prophesied in 1997 that stadiums would be filled with kids fasting and praying the John the Baptist army. And when I stood on that stage in the year 2000 with 400,000 young people fasting for 12 hours weeping, I realized, and then stadiums over the last 18 years, I realized I stood in the answer to my prayers. joy to stand in the answers to prayers when that happens it puts a rock inside of you that you begin to be confident and immovable if he fulfilled that why wouldn't he fulfill the next stage of the story line? right before seven months before the call seven months before the call I, I, I saw my scroll in a dream Rolled down before me. And in the dream, I was overwhelmed with the impossibility of seeing America turn back to God. But in the dream, I read Luke 1, 17 in the scroll. He shall go on before the Lord and the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the rebellious back to the wisdom of the righteous. I woke up and I said, God, and the Lord spoke to me. What I am pouring out in America is stronger than the rebellion. What was the rebellion? It was the 60s. God was to challenge the 60s with the 70s. With a Jesus movement that could sweep thousands of opioid addicts and drug addicts and gang members into radical conversions everywhere. It happened in Argentina where they lined up for blocks Ten services a day, thousands overnight. come, come come with drama to America. Lord, come with a dramatic fulfillment. My own son came to me at age 13. He said, Dad, I want to be a Nazarite to the call. I don't want to cut my hair. He said, Dad, I want to do a 40-day fast on juice. And then, Dad, I don't want to play baseball this year. All I want to do is, is pray for revival with you. I didn't know what to tell the kid. He's in a growth spurt. He's going to fast for, thank God for smoothie fast. I didn't know what to tell him. I didn't didn't have to wait long to find out. Because that night at 4 o'clock in the morning, I heard the audible voice of God. It roared and it said, America is receiving her apostles, prophets, and evangelists. But it has not yet seen her Nazarites. And I knew a new breed of consecrated kids that weren't going to play religion would rise up with fasting and prayer to prepare something that could begin to challenge the darkness. Over the last 17 years, we ended up going to Berkeley. Went to Berkeley and uh, went to Berkeley and where I felt that was where the rebellion was. Went to Berkeley and I felt like the Lord was stirring me, and I said, God, has the call failed? Because we haven't seen the rebellion broken. And I felt like the whole Holy Spirit speak to me, and he said to me, if it truly was a John the Baptist-type movement, I'm not John the Baptist. Just don't get me wrong. Lou Engle, they're going to put me on the right wing and watch. Lou Engle saying he's John the Baptist. No, but there is a spirit that's on a whole generation that has been preparing for 18 years for something. And I said, Lord, has it filled? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. If it truly was a John the Baptist type movement, you can bet, (laughs) you can bet that there's coming a Jesus movement. Because the last word of John was not prepare the way of the Lord. It was this, behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world, and he shall baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. It's time to run and cry and believe for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit like Mike and Patrick saw in the 70s with the charismatic move. Folks, we, the Lord's not going to abandon us to a dead end. He's going to give us another wave. And I want to be surfing when he does. gatherings over these years, but 2011, something freaked me out. These guys came into my living room, YWAMers, and said there's coming a shift to the call. It will not just be fasting and pr- prayer, but stadiums will be filled in signs and wonders and the proclamation of the gospel and Billy Graham, and stadiums will be filled. And Billy Graham's mantle is coming on the nation. The, kind of freaks me out. I kind of like the call. Don't bother me. But it's saying, what it's saying is there's coming a shift from the prayer fasting dimensions. And that will always be with us. Because even Jesus, the great evangelist, fasted 40 days to break through into power and the release of the Holy Spirit. So for two days we debated and they gave me a word. They said the call become the send. Will release the send, and what I picked up from that is not that the call will end, but they're coming. The call is birthing something of a manifestation of Jesus, the evangelist. And if He comes, the rebellion can be broken. Two days later, a prophet calls us. We're at a meeting, he says, Hey, to my friend, he says, You you know where Lou Engle is? Yeah, he's in this meeting. Tell him I had a visitation last night. There's coming, there's a shift to the call, and I will not be fasting and prayer, but the proclamation of the gospel, signs and wonders and stadiums will be filled, and Billy Graham's mantle is coming on the nation. I knew at that moment that, that I didn't fully understand it. This is how you just walk with your dreams. You walk with your stuff, and if you stay with it and follow it and don't give up on it, he'll give you more. He who has, more shall be given. last seven years we've been living in this vision that there are coming stadiums, not a John the Baptist movement, but a massive Jesus movement with signs and wonders. And it's not about stadiums. It's about it's breaking out everywhere in the streets. And the stadiums are simply the overflow of a mass Jesus movement where they're getting saved everywhere. Does anybody want to believe for something like this? I've come to Santa Maria where Paul Cain Actually, Prama saw over a hundred times the stadium vision of stadium Christianity. I've come here, we have come here with prophetic words, daring to believe. It's time for the birthing of such a thing because Billy Graham just died. And mantles don't fall until the passing of the man. In other words, the dream was a moment pointing to an appointed God led me to go to Azusa now the Colosseum I'll show you the video that 13 year old boy in the video is the guy that fasted 40 days and he gets up in this video and he says something that I know that Azusa now is but a pointer of a mass mass vision of evangelism coming I'll go there in a moment. I want to simply say this. We called a 40-day fast called California Dreaming all up and down the state. I don't know how many people were following it, but there's been tons of fasting and prayer. And then a dream comes. My friend over here, Paul Amabile, has a dream that I've tightened my belt 10 more notches. And I say, does anyone want to extend the fast for 10 more days? Most people would say, what a stupid dream. Of course we don't want to extend our foot. (laughs) But actually I pondered it, that the disciples were 40 days and Jesus was speaking to them and said, now tarry here. And for 10 days they tarried for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It is at the same time we hear Anna Cain's word, the mom of, of Paul Cain. Here's the story. At age 44, she was pregnant with a boy, but she was ravaged with cancer. Her breasts were eaten up, had been completely deteriorated. She's dying. The doctor said, "You will never give birth to this son." But the Lord visited her and says, "You will have a boy, and you will name him Paul after Saint Paul, uh, after after the Apostle Paul, because he will do the miracles." She was healed, and she nursed Paul Cain on fully restored breasts. It's incredible. She lives to 104 years. She's dying. And in this time, she says to Paul Cain, I've given you many words, but this word that I'm going to give you is the most important word that I'll ever give you. And he says, give it to me. She says, I don't have it yet. She goes into a coma for two months. Now he's concerned he's not going to get the word. So he begins raising up intercession for his mom to be raised up to give the word. She comes out of the coma and gives him the word, and it is this: the Lord gives you Paul Cain and the whole world. Luke 4.18. Luke 4:18 is the scroll of Jesus, which is different than the scroll of John. Scroll of John, he will go on before the Lord, the spirit power of Elijah. But the scroll of Jesus, when he opens it and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, to bind up the broken. Cl-. You know the story. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. He closes the scroll and says, today this scripture is being fulfilled. I am looking for a Today. Today. I am looking for the today of God when the scroll of Jesus, everything shifted in me. I'm only living to see the scroll of Jesus manifested and thousands of evangelists with a double portion of Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonnke, Benny Hinn, and on. Some, Lonnie Frisbee, give us a new generation of evangelists. And they're sitting in this very room, and they don't even know it yet. But heaven is about ready to break into their life. The Lonnie Frisbees on H Street are about ready to get a breaker anointing with power to save once again. Come on. She goes right back into the coma, and then she dies on 418. At 418. And when we saw this with the 10 days... We have determined, Paul Cain living in Santa Maria, with prophetic words that St. Mary is once again giving birth to the Jesus movement. If that's true, then that's the scroll. For 10 days, brothers and sisters, we are praying. We've done it five nights. But for 10 days and nights, we're meeting in the healing rooms. And we are praying, Luke 4.18, into the earth. See, if you honor the prophetic word, maybe there will be a baptism of the Holy Spirit in the next five days. I don't know. Did those disciples know what was going to come? I don't know. But they were studying Joel too the fast that leads to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They injected themselves into the scroll of Joel. This is that which was prophesied by Joel the prophet. It's time for the central coast to inject himself into the storyline of birthing a new Jesus Five nights we'll be gathering as yet, day and night, really. And in the Calvary Chapel, where my twin sister pastors were having every morning prayer meetings from 7 to 9. This all started, and I'll end. This all started last year when dreams began to awaken me to the possibility of a new Jesus movement. Walking through a city filled with darkness in a dream overwhelmed with depression and darkness, I lifted up my eyes and I saw Calvary Chapel in the distance and the love of God came off that Calvary Chapel, hit me in my heart and in the dream, I get overwhelmed with the love of God. I am weeping under the love of God and I wake up and the Lord says, I'm coming with another Calvary Chapel movement. I'm gonna bring another Jesus movement with a love soul. From that point on, I begin to prophesy there's coming a new movement of the Jesus movement, the Calvary movement. It's not just Calvary Chapel. It's all of us. And see, the dream awakens something in me. And then a young man of the Ekbolo House of Prayer right here, this Ekbolo House of Prayer is a dream, and sees the L.A. Times coming down out of heaven. And it says, Lou Engle and his twin sister are now seeing the Jesus movement. Could this be the beginnings of the outpouring? She lives in Santeria. She's a twin. It's time for the double. It's time for the double portion. This stuff starts rolling. I, I have. We, we just start having dreams of California and the revival. Folks, I am headed toward those dreams. He say, well, Luke, maybe they'll just end. It was just a dream. Well, you can believe it, but I'm going to go on. I've seen the stadiums filled with John the Baptist. I said, well, then why shouldn't I have confidence to see the stadiums filled in America with Jesus Ripping the veil and the third great awakening and maybe the central coast. And your wife is a sign. She's pregnant. It's time to give birth. I'm going to show this video and then I'm just going to just pray, pray with you for a moment. Can we show that video? This is the highlights of Azusa.
2: name, is, my name Jesse. is Jesse, I'm Lou's oldest son. son, and many, and many times, times in my, in my life, life we've, stood we've stood on a platform, platform together, together and he and said, said over, over me, me, Jesse, Jesse you, are, you my are my son in whom I'm well pleased, well pleased. But, today but today I want, I want to stand, stand on that, this on that platform, platform, and, as a, and son, as a son, say to say him, him, you are my you are father. My father. Who I'm well pleased. pleased. This, 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 this man, man it's, not, it's not about a man. man. This man has, has given, given his, his life, life with a, with a dominating dream, dream of his, his heart, heart that America, America, would America would turn back, back to God. God. And for the, and the, last, the last 16 years, years stadiums, stadiums have, been have been filled, fields, fields have been filled, fields filled with young and old alike, like yourself, yourself. Tears, tears for revival. For revival. was discouraged discouraged. and the Lord Lord spoke spoke to him, him, Lou, Lou. if this this truly has has been 16 years of a John the Baptist Baptist movement, movement, you can can bet that you're you're on on the verge of a Jesus Jesus movement. movement.
1: I just pray. I didn't come here just to give a little entertainment nice speech to the church of the Sparrow Brothers who saw Jesus moment and are dreaming again that their sons and daughters was something way beyond them. I live my life. Next year we're going to a stadium, 100,000 the Citrus Bowl. but a call for a hundred thousand evangelists and would-be evangelists together to to something called Descend where in Orlando, Reinhard Bonnke prophesied what he prophesied over Africa. All Americas shall be saved. I'm giving the rest of my year to intercede and proclaim all Americas shall be saved. I feel like I'm living in the greatest moment of an unfolding story of my life. I'm in the novel. So are you. Can we join our chapters and our books together today? Say, God, make this church a catalyst of the outpouring of the Jesus movement with hunger, with fasting, with evangelism in the streets, where moms and dads, they say, well, what does this fit to me? Oh, God, visit my own children. Come and visit my children. Holy Spirit, come. Release an anointing on the sparrows' Church for another Jesus movement and a double portion on John and thousands up and down this coast. Kiss the coast of California once again. Kiss this state once again. And so, Lord, I lose faith. I lose dreams. I lose fastings and prayer with desire. I lose an expectation for the dawning of a new day, for the Son of Righteousness to rise with healing in his wings, that healings will break out, and they'll come from all over and line up in the streets just to get next to Jesus. I bless you today with this faith, with this hope in your hearts to join with brothers and sisters up and down this central coast from San Luis Obispo, down to Santa Barbara, God. Something coming together for a massive epicenter of revival. Loose it. Loose double portion, sons and daughters. I will not let you go, Billy Graham, until I get your double portion anointing. Put that spirit in young men and women's lives, 40 and 50-year-olds. In the name of Jesus, I want you to expect that you're going to dream the dreams of God. Oh, let it just break out all over this place. In Jesus' name. There's a man from Australia, a brilliant man working, and God gives him a dream, a vision. Of stadiums in Australia he gives himself to three years of prayer and next year they're going to the stadium oh wherever I go I'm running into evangelists they're thinking stadiums why it's to prepare the womb prepare the place for the baby to be born oh that you would bless me indeed let California be like Oh, that you would bless me indeed, extend my boundaries, lay your hand upon me, and deliver us from Satan's schemes. I bless you, Central Coast. Give birth to the Jesus Movement. Amen.
0: Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we receive, I don't know about you, but I had a massive yes. In my spirit. Lord, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. Come on, say yes. We say yes. We'll take it. We'll take the double portion. That will take the new Jesus movement. God, you do not have to look to another region. You don't have to look to another town. It's here, and we say yes. We receive it. We usher in a movement like generations have never seen in Jesus' name. And we say the north, the south, the east, and the west, that the birth is coming from the central coast of California. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. yes. Come on, linger here for a moment. Linger here for a moment. If you have a prayer language, go there. Come on. This is a dream room. This is a dream room. This is a dream room. God's releasing dreams, visions, revelations. Come on, Preston. This is a dream room. 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 And this is a moment where God drops like he never has. The release of a dream. The release of a vision. The release of a dream. The release of a vision in Jesus' name. Come on, shun Come on, those who thung, hunger and thirst, hunger and thirst. God, we're not satisfied without the dream. God, we're not satisfied without a vision that wrecks everything we've ever known. God, we're not satisfied without a dream that wrecks our sleep patterns. We're not satisfied without a call that wrecks everything we've ever known. In Jesus' name, shun that. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes in Jesus' name. And I prophesy to every evangelist in these seats, and I say, come forth, come out in Jesus' name. The gift of the evangelist, come forth, come out in Jesus' name. The one who tried to silence your mouth has no power any longer. Your words, they matter. Your words, they matter. Your words, they matter. And your life, it carries an anointing, and you have to believe it. You have to believe it. Come on, someone recite that to yourself right now. What you have to say matters. What you have to say, it matters. Say it to yourself. What I have on the inside of me, it matters. And it's not up to someone else. It's not up to someone else. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Whew. (laughs) Mm, Come on, press in. We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. We've just been given a baton, and now the race starts. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Manet and I have been prophesying all week over little Paisley. We say, you're a sign and a wonder to your generation. We say to our baby in the womb, you're a sign and a wonder to your generation. And can I say to you, you're a sign and a wonder to your generation. There's onlookers. There's onlookers. We as a generation are on the largest stage. And there are so many onlookers. And can I tell you that we are a sign and a wonder to a generation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is for everybody, you know. This isn't just for a platform, it's not just for a microphone, this is for everybody. Mm. Mm. Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, would you captivate us? We, we, We rebuke spiritual apathy on the central coast of California. We started the year, the first Sunday of this year, we spoke about Spiritual responsibility. And I just want to refresh your memory. You have a spiritual responsibility. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. We say yes. 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 Yes. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited. (laughs) You getting excited? (laughs) Oh, we've seen a glimpse. We've seen the addict set free. Come on, we've seen the lost saved. Come on, but we haven't seen anything yet in Jesus' name. And right now, I want you to go to a place. Go with me here. Track with me. Go to a place sitting next to a friend. Uh, I don't know what Jesus always speaks to me in terms of friendship. And right now there's someone in your mind, a friend who needs freedom. And I want you to sit down on a bench next to them in your mind and listen to their testimony. Don't tell them anything. Listen to their testimony because right now God is working on their behalf. And listen to their testimony. Someone is whispering in your ear about the freedom they found from a distance. Addiction. right now someone is yelling to their park around you on the bench that you're sitting on about their mother who was 96 years old and didn't know Jesus and then she just got saved that's a word of knowledge for somebody <laughs> listen to the testimony this is the movement this is what we're part of this is our reality in Jesus name thank you Jesus mm. I would strongly encourage you to go from this room and write something down. <laughs> write it down. Write it down. Lord, we thank you. God prophesied to this house that he would put us in front of the community, which is the reason why we're in this building. I don't think it's an accident that we found the biggest one in town. That for such a time as this, we made this decision long before we knew how soon this was all coming. We would have tarried for years and years and years and years and years. But such a time as this, that these seats would be filled with the praises, the high praises of God's people. To be a sign and a wonder to this community that no, this isn't an apathetic place. This isn't a place where we just enjoy the luxuries of life and the finer things. It's not just a vacation spot. <laughs> this is a birthing spot. This is a birthing spot. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you Jesus. Just sit, just sit, just sit, in Jesus' name.